of the NFL, and we are with you once again. We are Wagers, Ragers, coming to you from the great state of New Jersey. I'm in New Jersey. I am your host, Joshua J.T. Buckner. Of course, my compadre, once again, John the Hedgehog Donath. John, how we doing? The Hedgehog. Doing great, man. Good to talk to you. Good to talk about some football, but I can't believe... We're already at week four. That's insane. Inconceivable. What would have been a quarter of the way through the football season back when it was 16 games. Of course, we get 17 now, plus the bye week. That's 18 weeks of goodness. I still can't believe we're already at week four. Um, season's already going by a little bit too fast, but I, I'm excited now that it's already time to start talking about the game for the weekend. So I'm ready to do it. Let's go, man. Yeah, I mean, the season the season goes by really fast, always, with the NFL. But when your team is 0-3, it seems like you're stuck in the mud. And once again, the Jets have not let me down when it comes to being terrible. And nowhere they go, nowhere are to go but just up. 0-3. Nowhere to go but up. They are the Jets. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, nowhere to go but up. You can't get much worse than 0-3. You can't get much worse than 2-14 and 14, like last season, although they should have done much worse. So they could have gotten the first pick in the draft, but Trevor Lawrence hasn't really looked like lights out as the first pick of the draft. But we'll see how things go. I mean, look, there's no rookie quarterback this year that looks great, whether it's Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, even Mac Jones doesn't even look that great. And I know he's done okay for New England, but – None of these rookie quarterbacks are, are lighting the world up on fire. Yeah, so Jones is not really doing. They're not even asking him to do anything, really. You know, not really. No, when he threw three picks last week against uh, against the Saints, so I, I'm not, you know, I'm not that worried right now. And again, everybody knows I'm a Jet fan. Uh, I'm not really really worried right now about Zach Wilson and all these people that are, you know, up in arms about Zach Wilson. He's so terrible. He's getting sacked left and right and throwing interceptions left and right. I mean slow down slow down it's three weeks but i will tell you after the pitiful performance against the patriots last week against the broncos was not was not a rebound game for zach wilson i told everybody out there listen it's my cardinal rule don't give double digit points so i took the jets getting 10 and a half points what a mistake that was I mean, I should have known coming off of that terrible loss against the Patriots that the Jets were not going to play well against this phenomenal Broncos defense. And guess what happened? They got shut the blank out by the Broncos. I mean, it was just a pitiful, pitiful performance by the Jets. Defense actually looked pretty decent. But you can't stay on the field all game long. And they got blown out. I mean, Zach Wilson had a terrible day. My props were garbage. Uh, Zach Wilson over 211 and a half passing yards did not hit. Zach Wilson over eight and a half rushes. Nope. The one thing that did hit, my kicker prop, McManus over seven and a half points. Boom. Bang. Hit. Second game for me, Dolphins Raiders. 
Listen, I should have crushed this game. Raiders were up. I think they were up eight. Yeah, they were up eight. Late in the game, fourth down. Dolphins have the ball. No timeouts. First and goal from the seven or eight. And they let Jacoby Brissett run the ball in. Scores a touchdown. Blows my cover. Scores a two-point conversion. Goes to overtime. Raiders win. What did they win by? They won by three. The line was three and a half. Did not cover that. Darren Waller didn't get catches or, or yards. But who did cover? My kicker from the Raiders. Carlson, over one and a half field goals. Boom, hit that. So all in all, in my two games last week, it was my kickers that came through for me. The rest was garbage. We're going to see how things go this week. As far as my other props go, I took uh, Daniel Jones over rushing yards, 26 and a half. Didn't hit that, but I, he did hit the rushing attempts. He had nine. The prop was eight and a half. Um, Jalen Hurts, who I, I really thought was going to do well for me, didn't hit the yardage. I think he hit the props, the eight and a half rushing attempts. But uh, I think he hit nine rushing attempts. He did at the very end of the game, even though they got blown out by the Cowboys. But everything else was, was not great last week. So, look, one week is good. Next week, let's make up for it. So, John, how'd you do last week in, in your games? Uh, oh, were there games last week? Yeah, unfortunately, both our Jets and Eagles played last week, and they both decided not to show up. What was that name? I'm not the the the. I'm not yeah. familiar that the Eagles is that a team? The Eagles? Yes. That's plus Eagles equals bad. <laughs> yeah. No. But but seriously, I mean, frankly, uh, looking back on, on last weekend, some of my calls on the pod were actually pretty good. As a, a lifelong Eagles fan, I kind of wish they weren't. The Eagles played, if that's what you want to call it, played the Cowboys in Dallas on Monday night. Going into the game, I said, I listened back to the pod and I said, I wouldn't be shocked if the Eagles won, but I would be surprised because I thought this had Dallas win written all over it. That was correct, but I did not think it was going to be as bad as it was. The Cowboys came away with the 41 to 21 win. And to be perfectly honest with you, it was not even that close. The Eagles looked bad in pretty much every phase of the game. Defense had a couple of big plays with an early turnover in the end zone, turning Dak Prescott uh, over getting a fumble and scoring early in the game and then holding the Cowboys on fourth and goal from the one inch line. Although I, I kind of feel like that Prescott got in on that fourth down quarterback sneak, uh, but they looked at it, couldn't show that uh, there was irrefutable evidence to overturn the call on the field that he didn't get in. So he didn't. But other than that, I mean, Ezekiel Elliott was slashing the, the Eagles run defense all game long. Um, Dak Prescott was getting big third down throws, throwing to the tight ends. Um, and, and on offense, the Eagles, oh, just looked out of sync. For the second week in a row, the play calling seemed uninspired, didn't seem to make a lot of sense. Jalen Hurts, who looked so in control in week one and had his moments in week two as well, literally looked like it was the first time he played on an NFL field. It was the worst that I've seen him. He looked skittish. Um, he did not throw the ball well. He was very inaccurate. He missed a couple of wide open uh, receivers that, you know, potentially maybe that could have changed the tide of the game, but he just, just didn't look great. And the, the Eagles offense overall didn't look good. The, the Cowboys who've done a really nice job drafting defense 
uh, Trayvon Diggs, second year corner, looks absolutely legit. He was a monster during that game. Um, so, you know, I, of course, I don't bet against my own team. I'll never do that. But I, my advice last week was uh, if you're going to take the game, you got to take the Cowboys, give the points. Eagles were getting three and a half, anywhere from three to four, depending on where you were looking last week. I said, give the points. Uh, Cowboys easily covered on, on that one. Uh, I also said, take Zeke over 14 and a half carries because, you know, Elliot has had a really great history against the Eagles since coming into the league. Um, hit that. I said, take the yards. He hit that as well. Scored a couple of touchdowns. So that was all correct. A couple that I missed on actually, uh, Devontae Smith. I liked him over 51 and a half receiving yards and over on the four and a half catches. He had six targets, uh, but didn't hit either of those props. Um, Jalen missed him on one throw and on another, um, I think it was a, might've been a 30 yard throw and, and Smith just ended up dropping it. I mean, Diggs made a nice, nice play on it, hitting Devonte's arm just ever the, after the ball got there, but it was a big play. I believe it was a third down. And if Devonte comes down with that Eagles, maybe stay in the game for a little bit longer and maybe he at least hits the yardage Jalen hurts. Uh, I love the over on the 52 and a half rushing yards that didn't hit either. Uh, Jalen hearts, Jalen hearts, <laughs> Jalen, Jalen hurts. Um, it, it, I don't know. It just looked different when Jalen Hurts took off and ran in the first two weeks of the season. It really felt like he was running with purpose, seemed to make sense, you know, just wa watching the flow of the game against Dallas. It seemed like he was bailing out too early and the Cowboys were just ready for it. Um, so I think he ended up with like 38 yards rushing or something like that. Either way, it was below the 52 and a half. So that really didn't go well. I was right on the game as far as betting the game line. Unfortunately, the Cowboys came away with a convincing win uh, against the Eagles. And I was right on the, the Elliott props and the rest didn't hit. Second game I took last week was the Falcons at the Giants. Falcons were getting three points on the road in New, in New York in, at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey, actually. I said my advice was to take the Falcons, take the three points on the road. Uh, I expected the Falcons to win outright, and they actually did. So if you took the Falcons in the points, they won. They won 17 to 14 um, in, in a game that was just I, – I haven't seen the, the – watched back the whole game yet. Uh, but from what I saw, it's just a very uninspired game, you know, overall. Um, one of the things that I really was disappointed in was I thought this was going to be the big Kyle Pitts blow up game. Um, he had, you know, I think only like three catches in, in week one, but I watched that whole game Falcons and Eagles. And it really looked like the Falcons were trying to feature Pitts a little bit. You could see where, you know, he could be a bigger part of the offense going forward. Uh, based on the flow of that game. Then in week two, he had five catches, 75 yards, then going up against the Giants who have been, you know, in re recent history have been very bad against tight ends and had given up big numbers to tight ends so far this year. I thought it was going to be the big blow a game. So I said to take Kyle Pitts over on four and a half catches. He had had 14 targets in two weeks and it didn't hit. He was completely invisible. Didn't even have a catch till the fourth quarter. Um, I also like Sterling Shepard on the catches. Uh, you know, Shepard had been uh, Daniel Jones's Daniel Jones's number one receiver so far in the first two weeks of the season, leading up to last week. But that didn't hit. 
Don't feel too bad about that. Shepard got hurt early in the game. I also said to take Daniel Jones rushing yards. Actually, that's not true. You said to take Daniel Jones rushing yards, uh, and I agreed with you on the pod, and, and that hit as well. So for the two games I took last week, I was right on both of the game lines, hit a couple of the props, but not everything, so not great. My extra prop last week was to take Green Bay getting three on the road at San Francisco, and that did hit, thankfully. So let's move on to week four, man, unless you've got additional thoughts. Yeah, just real quick. Um, I was on the Kyle Pitts uh, bandwagon as well. I took him thinking like he was going to have this breakout game against the Giants who have been completely nondescript this season and he didn't show up. And so I didn't hit on that. But both of us, I mean, I think both of us, and I, I heard this from, from other press, not, press not, uh, sorry, uh, other predictors, that the Giants Falcons game, think about it. Prognosticators, whatever. Put this in your prayer and think about it. Other other people that are analyzing this game, this is going to be a really high-scoring game. That this is going to be up and down the field. Both bad teams scoring a lot of points. Take the over. Take the over. Take the over. And it was a crummy game. I mean, it was low-scoring. Nobody scored. Falcons scored ten points at the end of the game to pull this game out. Um, and so I, we completely missed on the high scoring game with the giants and the Falcons. Uh, but listen, we move on, right? We move on to week four in the NFL. And I will just say one thing before we move on my college football nuggets. Now, how did we do last week? seems like every week. Every single pick I have seems to hit. So last week, I had Pittsburgh playing against New Hampshire. The line was Pittsburgh laying 29 points. How did Pittsburgh do? Did they win by 29? No. A lot more than that. They won by more than 29. Did they win by 30? No. Did they win by 31? No. Did they win by 32? No, did they win by 40? No. 50? No. How about they won by 70? 77 to 7. Woo. Winner, winner, as they say, chicken dinner. Put this in your prayer and think about it. Northwestern against Ohio. Wow. Northwestern land 14 points. How did they do? Did they win by 15? No. They won by 29 points, 35 to 6. Double bang, hit them both. College football nuggets. Teams driven rise up to the crop. Let's move on. Because this is an NFL podcast, not a college podcast. So we move on. One, one, sec, one second, but I, I'm going to just fix my notes here. I'm changing your name from JT the Savant to JT the Prognosticator. The Prognosticator. There we go. You know that's going to be a drop now, right? It is It is for sure. <laughs> Prognosticators, whatever. Double, 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 double. All right. We are on to week four. And... As unfortunate, as uninteresting, as difficult as it might be for me to go through this game, as everybody knows, I'm a Jet fan. So Jets at home for their second game at home versus the Tennessee Titans. The line right now was seven and a half. Jets getting seven and a half points. For some reason, I don't know why, the line has dropped to the Jets getting seven. So we're at a touchdown right now. Jets getting seven at home against the Tennessee Titans over under is 44. 
Now, when you're home, you're usually giving three points. So you're really looking at this line as a 10 point line. And honestly, it probably should be a lot higher than seven because the Jets have shown you absolutely zero this year. Jets right now, 0-3 against the spread. They held it close against, uh, uh, I'm sorry, they held it close in the first week. It was 19-14, the first week of the season. But in the second week and the third week combined, they lost by a combined 45 points. They are 0-3 against the spread. The Titans, meanwhile, they're 2-1 against the spread. After a dismal performance the first week against the Arizona Cardinals, the last two weeks they're 2-0 against the spread with a with steamrolled Seattle in week two, and they beat their uh, division opponent, Indianapolis, last week in week three pretty handily. Uh, the Titans, for them, the AFC South is theirs to lose. Uh, for the Jets, it really doesn't matter because they're probably going to come in last place. The Dolphins look like they're head and shoulders better than them. Um, they almost beat the Raiders last week. The Bills obviously came to life the last two weeks after losing the first week against the Steelers. And the Patriots, despite the fact that they're they're one and two after losing to the Dolphins and last week to the Saints, they manhandled the Jets. So I can't see the Patriots finishing below the Jets this season. We'll see what happens with the Patriots this week against Tampa Bay, but the Jets are going to be definitely in the basement of that division. Um, Look, as I said before, with Zach Wilson, you can't you can't determine this kid's future on three games. Last week, and just like the two weeks before that, he's got no protection. He's getting sacked left and right. Uh, He's a turnover and a sack machine right now. But it's still early. He's a rookie. He's three weeks into the season. You got to give him time. But I can't see him having a quote-unquote bounce back game this week against the the Titans. They have a really good defense. Harold Landry on the defensive line coming off the edge. 14 pressures already this season. The Titans D is really solid, and I think they're going to show up once again against the Jets this week. The Ryan Tannehill-Julio Jones connection, Julio Jones coming over from Atlanta, has doing, been doing really well for the Titans and has actually been their number one receiver. A.J. Brown's hurt, probably not going to play this week. Julio Jones's status is a little bit up in the air. We'll see if he plays this week, but the Tennessee combination between Tannehill and Jones has really looked really good this season, and I expect it to continue. And even if Julio Jones doesn't play, Derrick Henry is a monster. And he's having a monster season again this year. And the Jets' run defense, they've given up over 100 yards in every single game this season. It's going to continue, and Derrick Henry is probably going to have a monster game, control the ground game, control the clock. Tennessee is going to absolutely destroy the Jets this week. So I'm going to take the Titans. Quite frankly, I'm not taking the Jets this season until they show me something. I'm going to take the other team every single week until the Jets show up. So right now, after that pitiful performance last week by the Jets, I'm taking the Titans. I'm laying the seven in New Jersey against the Titans. I looked for props on DraftKings. Really didn't see anything. So I'm going to stick with a game prop, and I'm going to say take the Titans – for the game overall, lay in the seven, take the Titans first half, lay in four points, minus 110 on DraftKings. That's my prop. That's my prop for this game. What do we think, John? Jets, Titans, going to be a blowout or what? 
I, I have to believe that the Jets will make a better showing this week than, than they did last week. I don't see them, you know, this isn't saying much. I don't see them getting shut out two weeks in a row, but I, I agree. I think that the that Derek Henry and the Titans can kind of grind this one out on them. Um, I could see the Jets, you know, scoring some points on, on, on the Titans this week, but, you know, I think uh, Bud Dupree is coming back from injury to, to fortify the defense. I think they're just going to pound Derrick Henry. You know, you saw the Broncos, you know, with um, I think they got like 30 rushes altogether out of Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams uh, against the Jets. And it's funny that, yeah, I checked, you know, DraftKings, FanDuel, BetMGM and, and win. Uh, and, and there were no player props out yet, but I, I zeroed in on the one, the exact game prop you were looking at first half spread, Tennessee Titans minus four. I'll take that all day. Uh, if you look at uh, the win bet sports book, you can get it um, minus four at minus one Oh five. So a little bit better on, on the juice, it's pretty close, but you know, I agree. Take the Titans, give the points on, on the, the game overall, and then take the Titans minus four in the first half too. Totally agree. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I just can't see the jets being competitive in this game. I, I really think Tennessee, like I said before, I mean, they are, it's really the, the, the AFC South division for them to lose. And so I, I can't imagine them coming out and laying a, an egg against the jets. I just, I can see this being 17, three at halftime, something like that. 14, zero, uh, 13, nothing. 13-3. I mean, any of those combinations, you know, you hit the you hit the 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 minus four, the four-point line for the first half. And so I think it's gonna be an easy win for the Titans. They're gonna run Derrick Henry all day. And he's probably gonna have 26, 27 carries, you know, a buck 25, buck 35, somewhere, something like that. And and the Jets are gonna the defense is gonna be on the field the whole game. So Give me the Titans, lay in the seven, lay the four for the first half line. And, and those are my, my picks for, uh, for the Jet-Titan game in week four. So, John, let, let's talk about the uh, Eagle game this week. Who they got? E-N-T-L-E-S, Eagles! Yep, let's do it. You know, it's funny. It, on that, on that Jets-Titans game, after getting shut out, to have only a touchdown line it seems low to me. Um, and we're getting the same thing here. The Eagles come back to Philadelphia to Lincoln Financial Field and host the Kansas City Chiefs uh, in Philadelphia. Chiefs giving only seven on the road um, after the Eagles got absolutely shellacked in Dallas. I think that point spread is a little bit low. It's the same Chiefs that have been in the Super Bowl two years in a row. The same Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. (coughs) Excuse me the same chiefs that have now lost two games in a row. And you can't tell me they're not coming in here to stop this losing streak because this chiefs team is too good to, to lose three in a row. I think, I think this point spread is just too low. Um, let's say that the, the chiefs lost uh, two games in a row. They lost to Baltimore in a really great game on Sunday night, two weeks ago. Uh, and then last week, the Chargers lost to the Chargers. It was last week. If if anybody paid attention to that Chargers Chiefs game, it was just one of those crazy games. The Chiefs had four turnovers total. They turned the ball over on their first three drives, all in Chargers territory. Um, meanwhile, the Eagles were getting shellacked by Dallas, committing penalties all over the place. I think they committed like thirteen penalties, uh, and it's just not getting any better in terms of injuries either. The Chiefs. Um, they got back Tyron Matthew, which is huge for them. He is a turnover machine. 
meanwhile, the Eagles just have, you know, we got through one week of not having too many injuries, uh, hoping that we finally, you know, could get away from this injury bug the Eagles have had for the last couple of years in a row, pretty much since the Super Bowl, actually. And starting in week two and continuing to week three, the injuries are piling up yet again. Uh, just this week alone, uh, left guard Isaac Sayamalu out, out for the season, actually. Right guard Brandon Brooks out, probably out for the season. Safety Kayvon Wallace out. Brandon Graham, the heart and soul of the Eagles defense, out for the year. And left tackle Jordan Maialata, who has really come on and won the job in, in, in training camp and missed last week's game. And now is questionable for this week. We don't know if he's, if he's going to play yet. Listen, there's just not a whole lot of game analysis. The Eagles looked absolutely terrible last week. The Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes and are going to be raring to go to, um, to, to stop this losing streak. I don't think it's any more complicated than that. I, I actually do feel like the Eagles are going to have a little bit, little bit of a better showing than they did last week. I could see them scoring some points, but this one's easy for me. Take the Chiefs on the road, give the points. I don't bet against my own team. I'm not going to bet that way, but my advice to everybody out there is take the Chiefs, give the seven, and don't give it a second thought. Um, moving on to props. This is where I'll have a little bit of fun in the game. Um, you know, props, props are player props are the, are the kind of bet that you can sort of take any kind of player that you want and, and it's okay. You're not really cheering against your own team here. At least that's what I'm going to tell myself. As, as far as what's guiding me with my props this week, I take a look at the, the chiefs defense while they do come up with turnovers and I do expect them to turn the Eagles over this week. Yardage wise, there's, they're not that great against the rush or the pass really. So far against the rush, the Chiefs are allowing 5.4 yards a carry. That's courtesy of covers.com. I'm also looking at quarterback rushing in particular because I've taken Jalen Hurts rushing every week so far this season, even though Hurts didn't hit last week. And I was actually, side note, I was kind of hoping that Hurts' down week as far as rushing goes would pull the, the, his rushing prop down a little bit. It really hasn't. I see it at 52.5 rushing yards for Jalen Hurts, minus 114 on FanDuel. Uh, 51 and a half, I believe, which that's basically where it was last week too. Um, like I said, though, the Chiefs have not been great against the run and they've played one real, you know, running threat as far as quarterbacks go. That was in week two and Lamar Jackson lit them up. He ran 16 times for 107 yards. You know, Jalen Hurts, even though he had a bit of a down week last week, he's still averaging 8.6 carries per game and 59.67 yards per game. So I don't love it. It's a little bit close for comfort to me, but I think that, you know, there's going to be some designed runs and Hertz showed, you know, a predilection to keep running. And I think this chiefs defense is not as good as the Dallas defense. So give me Jalen Hurts rushing. Give me the over on rushing yards. Second one I'm looking at Dallas Goddard tight end for the Eagles. He's currently averaging 44 receiving yards a game. He had four catches for 42 yards a game last week. So far this season, Kansas City Chiefs not great against tight ends. They gave up 76 receiving yards to David Njoku and then 57 receiving yards to Mark Andrews. They're giving up 81 yards a game to tight ends so far. And in watching each one of the Eagles games, Dallas Goddard is a big play kind of tight end. They need to get the ball to him more often, but even his averages would top the props that I'm going to talk about in just a second. Um, I said just a minute ago, he had 
four catches for 42 yards last week, and he should have had more. Hertz missed him on a wide open crosser that Goddard might have scored on a 40 yard touchdown pass. Um, and he's just got that kind of potential. His props, without further ado, on FanDuel, you can get it at 31 and a half receiving yards. Over on DraftKings, minus 110, you can get it at 30 and a half. I've already taken that one. Give me a 50-burger on the Dallas Goddard receiving yards. On the uh, the Kansas City side of the ball, I'm going back to my, one of my old bread and butters from last year, my old bread and butter being the, the, the quarterback um, rushing yards. And I'm going to take uh, not just Jalen Hurts, but I'm also going to take Patrick Mahomes, uh, his rushing prop this week. 14 and a half yards, about par for the course, but I'll, I expect that to creep up as the, the year goes on. You can get the same number, different juice, minus 120 on DraftKings, minus 114 on FanDuel. Mahomes is averaging 22 a game, had, I think, 45 yards rushing last week. Give me the Mahomes over on uh, rushing. Last couple of nuggets here. Kansas City Chiefs, 23rd overall in passing defense, according to teamrankings.com. So I, I'm looking at some of the receivers here, Devontae Smith and Jalen Rager, both at three and three and a half catches. I'm really leaning towards taking actually both of those. You know, Devontae Smith has 21 targets on the year. Jalen Rager has 19 targets on the year. I like both of those props. So that's a bunch right there. You know, you got to take the Chiefs and give the seven. But give me Jalen Hurts over on rushing, Patrick Mahomes over on rushing, Dallas Goddard over on receiving, and give me the over on catches, three and a half each for Devontae Smith and Jalen Rigg. Yeah, man, I, I think I agree with you wholeheartedly on the analysis of this game. Um, there is no way that the Chiefs are going to go one and three this season. There's just no way. I mean, they're one and two right now. There is no way they're going one and three. And quite honestly, and I hate to say this, but I can see a blowout written all over this game right now. I think seven laying seven points is probably low for this game. I, you know, I, I get it because the Eagles are home. That's probably why the line is as low as it is. But, you know, the Chiefs are probably really, if angry is the right word, upset, annoyed by the fact that they are one and two right now. They are a proverbial Super Bowl team, and there's no reason why they should be one and two this season and there's no way they're going one and three and they're probably going to come out like gangbusters and play. The thing that really bothers me about the chiefs is their defense is terrible. It's just absolutely terrible, but I don't have a tremendous amount of faith in the Eagles offense other than Jalen hurts on the ground. And so I love the Jalen hurts props of over 51 and a half rushing yards but I really love over Jalen Hurts, eight and a half rushing attempts. I'm a big rushing attempt guy, uh, as, as everybody saw in, in the last couple of weeks. So right now, rushing attempts for Jalen Hurts is plus 100 over eight and a half rushing attempts on DraftKings. The Eagles got blown out last week by Dallas, but the Dallas defense is better than the Chiefs defense. But even though Dak Prescott had a really good game and Dallas put up 41 points last week, I still think the Chiefs offense is better than the Dallas offense. So even though the, the Chiefs defense is worse than the Dallas defense, I don't think that the balance between those two teams is going to bring that spread inside that seven-point line. So I really like the Chiefs in this game, even though they're away on the road against the Eagles. I feel bad because both of our teams wear the green and white, 
and both of our teams are bad. They're bad. But I think the Eagles are better than the Jets uh, from a talent perspective. But in this game and this week, unfortunately, I don't think that the talent level above the Jets, which quite frankly is not saying much, um, is going to is going to make up for that seven point line that the Chiefs right now are getting in this game. So I, I'm going to not lean. I'm probably going to go with the Chiefs against the Eagles and lay the seven points. I do like the the Jalen Hurts rushing yards and the rushing attempts, which I just uh, indicated before. The other thing I, I like the player with the the longest active streak of six receptions or more in the NFL is who? Got well, it. Let's see. The man, the man, the man, the myth, the legend. Last year, the every every week we knew exactly what we were going to take. Didn't matter what the catches were. Didn't matter what the yardage was. Got to be. Am I wrong? Travis, you are, you are absolutely correct, my friend. Travis Kelsey. He did it again last week. And right now, the over for receptions, seven and a half. Odds plus 100, even odds, plus 100 over seven and a half receptions. With this Eagles team, which is going to be on the lower echelon of the NFL, I'm going to take Travis Kelsey. I'm going to ride with over seven and a half receptions. I don't like the yardage. I don't know why I'm afraid of it, but it's 91 and a half receiving yards right now. I'm going to stay away from that because I don't like the over 90 because it could be eight catches for 75 yards, but I like the over the receptions, seven and a half, over seven and a half receptions, plus 100 on DraftKings. That's my, those are my thoughts on Eagles Chiefs, unless you have any last thoughts, John. Yeah, a few. I mean, I I agree with, with most of what you said there. I do, like I said, I think seven, seven points is, is just too low of a line here. It's not aggressive enough. It's designed to get people to bet on the Chiefs, frankly, because I do see a double-digit victory here for the Chiefs. But I'm also not too afraid of their defense as far as pitching a shutout or, or something like that here. From a turnover perspective, yes, but I think the Eagles will be able to score a little bit. And frankly, it might be a lot in garbage time in the second half. That's why I think some of these offensive props for the Eagles can hit. Uh, I did also, of course, I mean, you know, anytime you're betting on a Chiefs game, you got to look at Travis Kelsey. The, the one thing that kind of pulled me back a little bit was the Eagles did play against George Kittle earlier this year, and he did two weeks ago, and he did nothing. But Kittle hasn't really done much of anything all year at all. So I don't know that that was a commentary on the Eagles as much as Kittle just hasn't gotten going yet. And Kelsey's just the best in the game, you know, on, on the verge of being neck and neck with Gronk for best tight end ever. Last little thing I want to say about say about this game is that uh, we got the news that after the Chiefs game last week, uh, Andy Reid was rushed to the hospital. Um, they said that it was like dehydration or something like that. Now, I uh, spent, I think, the night in the hospital, but he's been back with the team this week. He's expected to be on the sidelines for the Chiefs in Philadelphia. And I really hope that, you know, when he gets announced, he gets a big standing ovation from the Eagles crowd. I believe he probably will. The Eagles uh, fandom gets a, a bad rep as, as far as being, you know, um, not great, you know, not great fans and vicious or, or whatever it is to, to, to opposing teams. And it, it can be a rough fandom and there's some knuckleheads there. But I think when it comes to something like this, they often do the right thing, especially for, you know, returning, you know, guys that have been on teams before. And, you know, Andy Reid had a lot of great, years here so I think him returning I could see him getting a, a big standing O on a, a return to Philly here yeah I mean I I couldn't agree with you more I think Andy Reid's going to get a big standing ovation this week 
you know, the thing is with the Chiefs defense as porous as it is, the over-under right now is 54. And I know it's a high over-under, and I know you're not like a big over-under guy, but I can see this game being 42-24, 45-21, uh, 37-21, something like that. And any of those combinations, you hit the over. So the over is something definitely to think about in this game, Chiefs-Eagles. Uh, game two. So I'm going to pick the sexiest game of the week. I'm going to go with the Sunday, not the Sunday night game, not the Sunday night Tampa Bay-New England game. No, I'm going to go with, sorry to disappoint everybody out there, Giants-Saints. Yeah, I know. Everybody's disappointed. But I look at this game and I looked at the line and that's why I picked it, right? Because this is wagers, ragers, right? We're picking games where we like the line, we like the matchup, and we give you our advice on how to bet this game. I looked at Tampa Bay, New England, and I didn't like it. I didn't like the line. I didn't like the, the you know, how you look at that game. So I'm looking at Giants Saints, and here's what I'm looking at. The Saints, it's their first game at the New Orleans Superdome since Hurricane Ida. They have not had a home game yet, and this is going to be their first home game. But yet, they're 2-1. and one. And who have they beaten? They beat Green Bay by 35. They beat New England by 15. The line in this game right now is the Saints laying seven over under 42. The Giants. I mean, what could we say about the New York Giants other than they are a bad, bad football team? The thing about the Saints is you always thought about the Saints as like this offensive team that's blowing the roof off in the air. Drew Brees throwing touchdowns, throwing for 350 yards per game. That's not the case this year. They're actually only passing for 113.7 passing yards a game in their first three games. Only the Chicago Bears have fewer passing yards per game than New Orleans Saints. But yet, the Saints are 2-1. and one, And they beat, as I said before, the Packers by 35 and the Patriots by 15. The Giants are almost as bad. Let me say this again. Almost as bad as the Jets. The Giants actually are the Jets right now. Because this year, after Daniel Jones has another crappy season, they'll probably be drafting a quarterback, hiring a new coach, just like the Jets do every couple of years. Draft a new quarterback, hire a new coach. The Jets have almost become the Giants. Record-wise, 2-1 Saints, 0-3 Giants. History-wise, last time these teams played, 2018, Saints beat the Giants 33-18. They have beaten the Giants six out of their last ten times. Saints are two and one against the spread this year. Giants one and two. Daniel Jones has the same amount of rushing touchdowns than he does passing touchdowns. That, my friend, is a scary, scary prop right there. When you have Saquon Barkley on your team and your quarterback has the same amount of rushing touchdowns as he does passing touchdowns, not good. Not good. Not good. The Saints have only given up one rushing, one rushing touchdown this season, and they are only averaging defensive-wise. They're giving up only 
60.3 rushing yards per game in three games. I get it. It's only three games, but they held new England last week to only 2.9 yards per carry this new England. I mean, this new Orleans defense is really, really good. And they far, far outpace their offense. And the giants offense has been pitiful. Their defense hasn't been great either. So with laying seven points, laying seven points, I'm going to take the Saints all day long. One thing to keep in mind is that the Giants have given up the second most rushing yards. I'm sorry, second most receiving yards, not rushing, receiving yards to running backs. Who do the Saints have as their running back? Only an all-pro running back in Alvin Kamara. So Alvin Kamara is going to have a huge day, a huge day on Sunday against the Giants at home in the Superdome against the Giants on the receiving end. And probably here's what I'm going to take. I looked at the props and I could not find any player props yet. It's still early in the week, but when I do and I see Alvin Kamara, I'm taking receiving yards. I'm taking rushing and receiving combined Alvin Kamara all day long against this giant defense, sticking with my theme for props the one prop I did see, and it's going to be, I feel like the Jets and Giants are like looking in the mirror at each other. Two bad teams, both 0-3. Take the Saints, laying four points for the first half line, minus 115 on DraftKings. Take it all day long. Double, Double day. day. All day long. Minus four at home, minus 115 on DraftKings. Saints, first half line, minus four. That's my prop in this game. Saints for the game, minus laying the seven. Saints in the first half, laying the four. John, any thoughts on Giants, Saints, barn burner? Well, I think we have stuff hot off the presses here. Just showing up on DraftKings just within the last minute or two, I think. We've got a couple of the first uh, player props. And here's what I see so far. Alvin Kamara receiving yards, kind of high. 32 and a half at minus 110 on DraftKings. I'll take that all day long. Take that all day long. I tell you, though, he's only had 62 yards receiving on the year. So this is, this, is above, this is above his average. So you're taking 32 and a half. He had 29 last week, 25 in week two, and eight in week one. But this is the Giants. Doesn't matter. Second most receiving yards to a running back in the entire NFL, Giants. I'm taking and you, them. And you know what else? Unfortunate, unfortunately for the Giants, uh, if you want to bring injuries into it too, Blake Martinez – you know, the star uh, linebacker they signed uh, the year before last year, out for the year, out for the year with, I believe it's, it, it's an Achilles. So that should probably only help. You know, it's interesting. I'm looking at the, at the props right now and they got Alvin Kamara over 75 and a half rushing yards. Mm-hmm. They have Alvin Kamara over 32 and a half receiving yards. You add those two up, we have a hundred and what do we have? 108 plus, uh, combined rushing and receiving but yet the prop on DraftKings is 113 and a half combined rushing and receiving yards I'm going to monitor this and see how this works out uh, later on in the week see if that that number comes down a little bit but that that receiving yardage I'm taking that all day of the week so John uh, I think we've exhausted this terrible game between the Giants and the Saints talk to me about your second game give me something better than Giants Saints I got a second game and I'm going a little bit different here. You know, I've sort of, you know, paid attention to the games you picked so far and, you know, you're picking games with like the Texans, you know, the Jaguars, you know, I'm going to veer a little bit different than that. I'm taking the Arizona Cardinals at 
the Los Angeles Rams. Division foes, two 3-0 teams, two of the more fun teams to watch in, in the league. Really, you know, this is going to be one of the, the marquee games of the weekend. Of course, big change is the Rams bringing in Matt Stafford. So far, Matt Stafford and Sean McVay look like a match made in heaven. Last week, took out the defending Super Bowl champion Buccaneers. Cardinals, like I said, also 3-0. and uh, not quite as impressive. <laughs> Last week, they went to Jacksonville and beat the Jaguars uh, and, and probably made it a little bit tougher on themselves than it, than it really needed to be. You know, mostly everybody out there, if they had, didn't see that game, they probably saw uh, Matt Prater attempt to break his own, what was his own field goal record, uh, only to have it returned 109 yards by Jamal Agnew for a touchdown. Um, but, you know, no matter what, <clears throat> these are two of the the the, the more fun offenses to watch in the whole league, two of the marquee teams, two of the marquee quarterbacks with Kyler Murray and Matt Stafford taking the chain, the stage. I'm sort of envisioning a shootout here, an absolute sh shootout uh, between these two teams. I want to see Kyler Murray and Matt Stafford absolutely go at it. But when it comes down to it, I'm going to take the Rams here. The Rams are at home. The uh, Cardinals, this will be their, you know, game four, they're three and oh, but this will be their third road game overall out of four games, their second road game in a row. And I think eventually that just catches up to you. You take a look at the trends. The trends are also in, in, in the Rams favor here. The Rams are nine, three and one against the spread and their last 13 as home favorites. And they're favored by four points right now over the cards. I actually kind of expected that line to be a little bit higher than that. I think it opened at like six and a half and has gone down. It's going the exact opposite way that I think it would go. Uh, I suggest you grab that. If you can get it at four points, get it as soon as possible. Uh, Rams overall in their last eight um, against the cards, seven zero and one against the spread in the Cardinals. Also four and two against the spread in their last six overall you know, the Rams just have everything going for them right now. Matt Stafford is killing it. I think the, the Cardinals come in after, you know, road weary, second road game in a row, three out of their last four, and, and make a game of it, but can't quite pull all the way through. Take a look at the injury factor. The cards really look like they're the ones that are they're more affected right now. You know, the Rams' biggest injury was losing Cam Akers, but they've had a couple of months to deal with that. Cards, on the other hand, are going to have to adjust on the fly to some ongoing injuries to their offensive line. Guard Justin Pugh is questionable. Don't know if he's going to play yet. Tackle Kelvin Beecham, also questionable. Don't know if he's going to play yet. Too many questions for me. Too much offensive firepower on the Rams side of the ball. Robert Woods hasn't even started clicking yet. Meanwhile, Matt Stafford is throwing bomb after bomb to Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, Deshaun Jackson last week. You know, it's pick your poison here. So give me the Rams at home, laying four points on the Cardinals. I got two props for you here. I told you I'm expecting a shootout. That's what I want to see. I'll take Matt Stafford's passing yards. He's killing it, averaging 314 passing yards a game so far. On DraftKings, you can get his passing prop at 295.5. Don't do that one. Pull the trigger on FanDuel. You can get it at 292.5 at minus 114. So give me the Stafford over on passing yards. And, you know, I said shootout earlier, and for a second, you might think in your head, well, that's a little bit odd. Don't the, the Rams have a, a, a good defense? Certainly, st they still have some stars with um, Aaron Donald in, in the middle, Jalen Ramsey. 
But so far this year, they're only 25th against the pass. Only 25th against the pass, and Kyler Murray's been on fire. I'll take Kyler Murray over on passing yards, too. Uh, you can get it at two, 275.5 on both DraftKings and FanDuel. He's averaging 335 yards passing a game. So I'll take Kyler Murray as well. He's, he's looking like he's progressed each year of his career. He's really spreading the ball out to all of his receivers as well. So in this shootout, which is what I'm uh, predicting, I'll take the Rams at home, continuing the trend, giving four points and to win the game outright. And I'll take Stafford over on passing yards, Kyler Murray over on passing yards. This one I'm really looking forward to, a battle of NFC West division foes. Yeah, listen, I love the Rams in this game. I'm not a believer in the Cardinals. I'm just not. I mean, the Rams have shown me this season that they are a for real team. It, it seems like the only thing the Rams were missing was a quarterback. And Matthew Stafford is legitimately one of the best quarterbacks in this league and has been. You think about it. You, he went to where quarterbacks die, Detroit, and flourished there. Yeah, I mean, did they win a lot of games? They did not. Did he play well as a quarterback? He did. He did. With Whether he had Calvin Johnson or whatever other receiver he had there, he played really well for Detroit, and they lost a lot of games, but he played well. And now you're seeing the full potential of a really good quarterback. I would love to jump on the Matthew Stafford over passing yardage, and it's really tempting I hate when I see that it's over 290 whatever yards, whether it's 292 and a half on FanDuel or 295 and a half on DraftKings. It's just tough for me to say this guy's going to definitely throw for 300 yards. But what I do like is completions for Stafford over 25 and a half minus 105 on DraftKings. I think he's going to throw the ball all over the field. Daryl Henderson didn't play last weekend. He's, you know, he may or may not play this weekend. Their running game's probably not going to be terribly existent this week. So the completions over 25 and a half, I think that's a good prop bet. Uh, Tyler Higby, I mean, has this guy been like a target for Stafford? Uh, over 42 and a half receiving yards, minus 110 on DraftKings. That's another prop I really like in this game. Quarterback rushing attempts. Quarterback rushing attempts. Kyler Murray. Over seven and a half attempts, plus 110, not minus, plus 110 on DraftKings. Love it on that. And sticking with my theme this week, halftime bet. Rams laying three, minus 110 on DraftKings. Love the Rams to come out hot, score a lot of points, be up big at halftime. Maybe the Cardinals make it a game in the second half, bring that score a little closer. But I think the Rams are going to come out big and be up uh, – you know, by 10 or 14 points at halftime. So that's how I see this game going. Any last thoughts, John, on Cardinals Rams? Yeah. I mean, I just, I, that 292 point and a half yards for the, on, on the passing yards for Stafford, it's a huge number. There's no doubt about it, but he's just been launching balls. Like in week one against Chicago, he threw for 321 yards on 20 completions. Like he's just launching this ball and you know, they're just going to keep going deep and they've got multiple guys who can get there. You know, Obviously, Deshaun Jackson can get deep. Van Jefferson can get deep. Robert Woods, they haven't even gotten him going yet. He can do everything. He can get deep. I mean, I just, I, I, I see, I think he's going over 300. I've already taken it, actually. 
But um, overall, I think we see it similarly. I see the Rams winning, but I think it's going to be a high scoring game. And one that I'm really, really looking forward to, especially since I'm not envisioning a very competitive Eagles game. So I'm looking for something like this to, you know, satiate my football um, you know, watching enjoyment for Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I see it the same way as, uh, you know, it's, it's probably going to be a high-scoring game. I'm, I'm going to take a look at the over-under on this game, too, uh, but we'll see. Uh, I, but I, the Rams just look like they are a really complete team, and Matthew Stafford, I think, was the, like, the magic elixir to putting this team over the top and, and getting to where they need to go. Before we get into the, our, you know, the fans' favorite segment of this podcast being the track of the week, some college football nuggets. I am the college football savant. There's a lot of games I like this week. A lot of games I like this week. Texas really showed up last week. And they're playing at TCU this week, laying five points on the road. I like Texas this week. I really do. That's game number one. Game number two. Probably the biggest game in the SEC this week. Arkansas at Georgia. Arkansas has been playing lights out football this week. I mean, this year, I'm sorry. Uh, And they are getting 18 and a half points at Georgia. Georgia's home. They're probably, if not, it's Alabama and it's Georgia. It's 1A, it's 1B. I don't know who's 1A and who's 1B because Alabama has not been playing as well as Alabama should be playing. And Georgia has been playing really well. And it's not Alabama Clemson, it's Alabama Georgia now, 1A, 1B. But even though Georgia is at home, Arkansas is playing really, really well. They're getting 18 and a half points. I'm gonna take Arkansas in this game. Texas A&M, everybody thought they were gonna compete for a playoff spot and maybe they still will. We'll see, we're only in week five of college football, but they're at Mississippi State. They're a really good football team. They're laying seven at, um, at Mississippi State. Or no, I'm sorry, they're home against Mississippi State. Laying seven. I'm going to lay the seven points and take Texas A&M. And lastly, my fourth college football nugget, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, who I can't stand. I love every team in college football other than Notre Dame. I want them to lose every single game, but the way they, they took Wisconsin to the woodshed last week in Wisconsin and put a beat down on them, even though Jack Cohn got hurt, Notre Dame is at home getting a point and a half against Cincinnati. And I know Cincinnati is a really good football team, top 10 team, but Notre Dame getting points at home. I'm taking Notre Dame getting a point and a half against Cincinnati. Those are my college football nuggets. John, any thoughts on college football? Or I'm going to give you the floor and move on to track of the week. Well, I think we're all just happy to get a nice little four-pack, four-pack of those tasty nuggets right there. I tell you what, man, I was so mad at myself last week because after the pod, I'm like, you know what? I'm following on these college football nuggets. Whenever I do, they seem to hit. And then I got caught up, you know, taking kids to swimming and all this stuff on Saturday. And all of a sudden I re- remembered, I'm like, oh, geez, I got I to put these bets in. And it was already after one o'clock. And I'm like, I missed out on both of them. And at that point, like, you know, the pit point spread was in live in game was like up to like 52 and a half. I could have taken it then and, and still won. But I'm like, oh, man, I missed out. So you would have hit both of them. I was, listen, 
I'm, I'm following on all four this week. No question. I'm having a, a tasty four pack of college football nuggets. Nice. All right. So listen, we're going to move in to our final and most favorite segment of the podcast track of the week. I heard a really cool new track, which is not going to be my track of the week, but it got me back into the house mode. And it's that comp it's that uh, collab collaboration between Elton John and Dua Lipa. It got me back in a house and my track of the week going back into my proverbial virtual digital crate, EDX Roadkill. Uh, EDX's Ibiza Sunrise remix, back in the uh, the house groove. That's my track of the week. It is just a solid, you know, 122, 123 BPM track. And that's my track of the week this week. I had something else in mind, but I'm going to pull a little swerve here because I think we need to make this an EDX versus battle here um, because Roadkill is an amazing track. We're both big EDX fans. Um, he's just fantastic when it comes to those tropical vibes. You know, it's this house music tropical fusion that he does so, so well. And, and the grooves are just so, so smooth. My favorite EDX uh, track of all time is a remix of his because that's Weapon. EDX's Acapulco mix of Weapon is one of my favorite songs of all time. My wife, Victoria, it's one of her favorite songs of all time. So we'll let the listeners decide. Roadkill versus Weapon. Which one you got? That's my track. theme this week everybody out there you've heard it all week four has been analyzed down to its very core may your bets be sharp and your cashes be absolutely 100% bountiful good luck everybody and we will see you in week five we are out wagers ragers see you next week later